from LPM, Louisville Public Media. Support comes from Vision Zero. On foot or behind the wheel, safety is a shared responsibility. And Vision Zero Louisville believes zero roadway fatalities is the only acceptable amount. Their mission is to create safe roads by design, engineering solutions, and education. More information at visionzerolouisville.org. Sprinkle Sparkle contains adult themes and may not be suitable for all ages. In this episode, there's a description of childhood sexual abuse. If you need to skip that part, it happens about 25 minutes into the episode, and it's over by the 30-minute mark. Access to pleasure and indulgence is our right, and we're entitled to it. It's not a favor that somebody's granting us. It's not a reward. It's just, like, why we're here. My hope is that people will listen to this and relate, even in the ugly parts, because there's something sparkling about that, too. Welcome to Sprinkle Sparkle Podcast. I am Nubia Bennett. Is it pleasure or is it Porsche? I always say both. It's Porsche, but I prefer Porsche. We are talking to Porsche Gilbert, who... He's every um, woman. (laughs) What does that mean? What's that mean? I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm every woman. I'm a photographer. I'm a mother. A self-proclaimed family and friends therapist. (laughs) (laughs) We go way, 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 way back. When we talk about pleasure lineages, I like to, I mean, a lot of the people I've talked to because I know them and because I reached out to them because I knew them personally have been in some ways a part of my pleasure lineage. Because when I think about people that um, I could just be like, oh, this person taught me how to feel good because I asked that question over and over and over with every single person I talked to. Um I remember, and and I talk more about this in the conversation that I have with her, um, I remember being in middle school and being a really mousy little girl Um, um, because I'm, yeah, because I was a little, little girl physically, but I just remember being a mousy young girl. And there was this girl who would wear like really, really bright colors and patterns and like and she could sometimes be loud and she had an attitude and all of that stuff like that but she was fascinating I was like 11 and she was fascinating she would wear these colors and these styles that you could just tell she put together and it wasn't that awkward middle school you know I'm putting these styles and colors together it was like I'm a this is my fashion statement and thinking about how intimidated but how fascinated I would be with people who were unafraid to have really big personalities. You know, people say to me, oh, you wear all these bright colors. You have this big personality. And not to say that I copied off of her, but it was really inspiring once I got more comfortable with myself, right? And being like, it's okay to not, you know, fade into the wall, <laughs> to be a wallflower, Um, she was one of those people that really inspired that in me. Um, so, I mean, that was really what I thought I was going to be having a conversation with her about, just about why it's okay to just be big and bold and think, because she's actually a very, she was also a, a, a tiny little girl like me, um, actually back in those days. So that made it even more, I think, poignant. But that conversation actually, um, ended up shifting into something. We went down a 
beautiful, ter- just a beautiful journey in this conversation for me. Um, we we didn't even really talk much about that. So you'll have to find out more about Portia from Portia. The conversation we're having today is about our relationship to pleasure. So I like to start by defining it. When I say the word pleasure, what does that mean to you in any sense? Happiness. It's the feeling. Mm. So the work leading up to it's not necessarily the pleasure. It's what you get at the end. It depends. It's situational. Mm-hmm. Some happiness, you just got to, you know, see the light at the end of the tunnel and know that, you know, at the end, it's going to be happiness. And some, it's happy. The journey is happy. The, the journey is, is good. And it's going to be a better outcome as well. That's just my outlook on life in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. To me, it's, it's always the pursuit of happiness. Mm-hmm. But happiness isn't always just one thing. Mm. Today, my happiness might be one thing. And tomorrow, my focus is going to be something else. Mm-hmm. But then I have long-term pursuit of happiness. I have short-term pursuit of happiness, long-term pursuit of happiness. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. it's, you know, by the hour, sometimes it's by the week, sometimes it's by the year. Mm-hmm. It all can be situational. But I don't know a scenario right off the top of my head. Gotcha, gotcha. It's almost, it's that feeling like, oops, I did it. Even if it's like this moment. Yes. It's like, oops, I did it. Yes. Or yay, I did it. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Kind of kind of like pregnancy. Mm, okay. Like um uh when you have the desire for a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, which I have experienced a couple of times in my life. Mm-hmm. And now on my third pursuit of happiness. <laughs> the, the journey, the journey. Um, can sometimes be rough, mm-hmm. but in the end, you're going to get something that you really wanted, you know, the baby, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. But sometimes mm-hmm. it can be good the whole way through. Mm-hmm. It, it just totally depends on the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I, each of my kids, I wanted so mm-hmm. badly where I would find myself daydreaming about it. Wow. I would I would find myself just sometimes getting in a rut thinking that it wasn't going to happen for me Mm. um and then when it does happen it's almost kind of like oh yikes this is real this is really happening Mm. and then the realities of things start to change yeah your happiness not that you become angry or not happy it's just not the same. Yeah. It's real. Yeah. You know, sometimes realities can be scary. Yeah. Overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Happy, but, you know, different. Mm. I think that's a, that's a beautiful example, actually. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I can imagine that being an especially complicated process, even if, if you're consi- using the example of wanting a child and knowing what it does to your body, what it can do to your body, 
and what it can do to your emotions and what it can do to everything. But if it's something that you really wanted, like the sheer pleasure of getting that when you get there. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's different. I feel like most people that I know have kind of a, you know, oops, oh my goodness, I'm pregnant or, you know, oh my goodness, we're going to have a baby. Mm -hmm. Where mine were prayed. I mean, I remember days just praying, crying and praying, like, please, please, please. Like, I just want this baby so bad. Mm. And she has beautiful children, by the way. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Thank you. To where I, you know, when it did happen, I truly look at them like, I don't even know how this happened. But it happened. And here we are, kids. And we're going to do this thing. And, and it's the, the, the pleasure of, it's for me personally, you know, not knocking what anyone else has going on, but it's the pleasure of looking at my kids and knowing that I prayed for them. Oh, wow. I, I don't even know how these babies came look like they both were like literal miracle babies. Wow. I don't know how this, how this happened, but like I said, here we are kids and we're going to do this thing and I got you and you got me and that to me is like happiness even on the bad days you know mm-hmm. we all know parenting is hard yeah but but I mean god it's so hard it's it so is. hard it's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life mm-hmm. but I still am like the, the next part of the happiness, the pursuit of happiness, is putting these two humans out into the community. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the next step of my happiness. Remember how I said, you know, you got the short term and mm-hmm. you got, you know, the long term. The short term was, you know, getting the baby. Yeah. The next goal is to put out good, good human beings yeah. to come from me. And yeah. with the odds stacked against me, from day one, the odds stacked against them from day one. Like, I, I love the ultimate goal is to put out good people. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. <laughs> that is beautiful. I wasn't even ready to go that deep at the beginning, but now that's beautiful. <laughs> oh, man. Don't make me cry. I'm emotional today. Yeah, girl, same thing. We'll be over here boo hooing for the next hour. Like, Right. I'm always somewhere crying. I cry at least once a day. No, that's good for you, though, because it feels like a good release. I mean, um, that could be argued that that's almost pleasurable in a way because that release, right? Like, you're like, oh, no, I feel better now. I'm good now. I have my no, I don't ever feel better. I always feel soft, like I'm losing control. Girl, you can be soft. I can try to tell you, you can be soft <laughs> out here in these streets. It's okay. I don't, you cannot be soft out here in these streets. Not in the streets. <laughs> But in your house and in your safe spaces, wherever those may be. Right. Um, But so using that definition, right, this pursuit of happiness and that feeling of happiness, right, long term, short term, that relationship to pleasure has that how how important has it been? for you in the past, like thinking about all the years ago, because obviously I don't, I don't know if you always, always, always wanted kids since you were a kid, but 
it's less about what you wanted, but more about the feeling that you get praying for something and getting it. Has it always been that relationship like that from the beginning? Yeah, it, it's always been a pursuit of feeling like somebody loves you mm-hmm. unconditionally, mm-hmm. ugly, on your bad days, on your mean days, when you don't have it all together, when you're broke, when you don't even have what you need to give to them, they still love you. Yeah. Um, and I've looked around for a long time before I had um, my first child, just looking at people like, dang, you got four people that love you. Mm. You know, say they have four kids. Like, you got four people. You go to sleep at night know that four people love you. Do you know how rare it is to be sure, not to, not to guess, to be sure that mm-hmm. four people, you don't have to question their intentions, if you mm-hmm. have anything to offer, do you have to be at your best? You got four people that love you. Mm. Mm-hmm. To yeah. me, that's always been what was important. And at first, I started with only one and one, because you know what? Just this one. I wanted that one girl. I wanted it. Then when I had that girl, I'm like, I want another one. Now that I got that other one, I'm like, okay, I want another one. Wow. <laughs> it's like, it's 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 not only the 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 need to feel loved, but I have a need a journey I can't even like most people are like oh when the kids are out of the house and I can't even imagine my life not having mm. kids to get home to oh, like wow. kids to cook dinner for and my son is three he's not potty trained because I want him to need me oh <laughs> my daughter my daughter is 12 and she does not cook in the kitchen because if you cook in the kitchen, what am I here for? Oh. Pretty soon, I'm just going to be here. For, if, for me, that's what it means to me. Teaching yeah. my daughter to cook is taking away her need for me. How has your, like your family, like thinking back to when you were a child and thinking about how your family life growing up, you know, because we've been on each other since middle school, you know, just in case people need to know that, right? Um, all the way back in the day. That's almost like 25 years ago now. That's crazy. Um, it's very but, a long time, a whole life ago. Gosh, but thinking about that though, what, how in your, how has your family, um, impacted or, or um shaped your relationship to pleasure because that seems almost spiritual like the idea that you're like I just feel unconditionally and deeply loved and that's what I'm seeking and loving on people in that way how has your well family I think that's the part that you probably don't know like I really come from a troubled childhood um I came from a teenage mother who was traumatized that Mm -hmm. I'm actually just learning last year about her trauma, just last year about her trauma. She was traumatized. She didn't know what to do. Still to this day, 
37 years later, she doesn't know how to move past her trauma. She doesn't even know where to begin to unravel the damage that her trauma, you know, had on her, the effects that it had on her. So for me, I never felt, I've never felt, it was only one time I think in my life that I really felt a sense of happiness Mm -hmm. um, from my family. And I think I would, I would take it back to when I was five years old. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember, it's so crazy because I do really remember like it was yesterday, walking what seemed like forever in the summertime. Um, And my mom kept telling me, you know, I'm doing this because I love you. Mind you, at five years old, it's been dead of summer. I'm like, it's hot! (laughs) Um, But... I remember walking up the street and I hear a lady says, Bunch, that's my grandma. That's my grandma's name. Here come one of Squirt's kids. So, you know, she stopped, my mom stopped me and she fixed my hair and she had tears in her eyes and she's like, you know, I'm going to change your life because I love you. Mm. And that was the day I met my dad's family. Oh, wow. At so from that moment, they loved me with with everything they had. Mm-hmm. Like, loved me. Took me in. When my, my mom didn't even come back for months. Mm-hmm. Like, she left me with these people with nothing. And she didn't come back for months. And these people, um, I mean, <laughs> loved me. And I was, I was a product of my, you know, my environment. So they had to like reprogram my brain. Like, no, baby, we don't, we don't, we don't behave that way or we don't talk that way. Mm -hmm. You know, they had to boot camp, you know, but in a very loving way. Um, That was the first time in my life that I felt like any type of sense of security Mm -hmm. that like these people aren't going to let anything happen to me. Like they're feeding me. Like I had, I had people, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was that moment at, you know, that, that age is when I, you know, I, I was happy. Like, Oh my God, my aunt still to this day, she says, you kept me up all night. Kept asking, um, do you want to hear me sing my favorite song? Hmm. And she was sleeping, of course. And I kept singing Karen White, Superwoman. <laughs> and <laughs> that was my favorite song in the whole wide world. And, you know, she's half asleep. You know how these kids are like, mommy, mommy. And I just yeah, kept yeah. saying, auntie, do you want to hear me sing my favorite song? <gasps> and she's like half asleep. Like, yeah, sing it. Sing it, baby. And I'm just singing it. And, and she was like, Lord, I thought you would never go to sleep. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then I finally went to sleep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that I probably never had anybody before those five that you know, in those five years ever listen to me and oh, wow. sang sang that song or you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that was a big deal like that stands out and that has that is I feel like 
the reason when I did decide I wanted a baby when I mm. wanted a kid because I wanted I wanted that feeling again. I lost it somewhere along the way of feeling like, dang, somebody like loves me, like wants to hear me sing this dumb song over and over and over. <laughs> and I know that babies, babies, kids are gonna do that. They're gonna they're gonna sing it sing it with you and, and tell you that you sound like Beyonce and, and mm-hmm. I sound like a horse and it's okay. <laughs> but but that's what it that's that's what it means to me. It's mm. that moment. I just always want to relive that moment. Wow. With my kids. Like the point of a lot of these conversations I've been having around pleasure and things like that. And there's this concept of like having a pleasure lineage, right? In terms of who made you, who taught you to feel good is the question. But Mm-hmm. I, and I and before I and before you answer, I just wanted to be full disclosure because I, I because you stopped at middle school, right? Um, mm-hmm. But when I considered people to have these conversations with and thinking about that question even for myself, and one of the reasons I was like I have to talk to Portia because yes, you, I remember you being mean because we were in we were on dance team together and then we were in cheerleading together, mm-hmm. seventh and eighth grade, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, she might be mean, but damn if she's not afraid to be herself. Like in yeah. middle school. Like, and yeah. anybody, and 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 anybody who, who knows you knows that you can dress your whole ass off. Okay. So like that's not a secret, right? But you started that from what I remember, because you're talking 25 years ago in middle yeah. school. You know, I've always like, been really quirky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you were not afraid. And actually, I remember that that was middle school. And and then after when I was in college, when we worked together, at, you know, we were like 20, 21, right before I had Malik. I remember asking, mm-hmm. I, was, I was like, Portia, I was like, I think you're so stylish. And I was still totally a wallflower at 20. OK, totally like this brightly colored hair, all none of that, none of that. You know, I always give props where props are due because, you know, I was like, Portia, I don't want to be a wallflower anymore. Help me. You look at me like, uh, I don't know how to help you, but like, okay. And I think I've told you this story that you were like, well, one of my rules is, do you remember any of this? No, no, I don't. That's my so memory is terrible. That's, 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 <laughs> another topic my memory is shit that is so funny but uh like so you I was like you were like I don't really have a lot for you because I don't really I guess it's before you were like stylish Portia you were stylist Portia you were just stylish Portia yeah you were like uh with the earrings if they're small you can wear like a chunky necklace or a necklace that makes a lot of you know that stands out she was like but if they're long don't and I literally, I remember yeah. for like the next two And minutes, I still live by that. I do too. So I do too now, right? So I would say for the next I'm like, I'm always like, you got to choose one or the other, baby. We're going to do one or the other. We're going to do both. We're not going to do but both. So you said that in like, we were 20, right? And I'm sure I've read it somewhere now at this point. Um, but you were like, this is what you do. And I trusted you because I just remember you in middle school, even though like we were thrown into the same spaces um because we were in cheerleading 
together and we were both really really tiny in middle school so they were like Ooh. oh so y'all about to fly y'all be you know so we was always in the same group and all of that but I was and you were and I was like a little bit intimidated for sure but I was like she knows exactly who she is mean or not and so I I place you squarely in my pleasure lineage they when they when people like who taught you to feel good and I'm like push push it just sure. like just love you like if you don't do nothing else in this damn world you better love you yeah because if and you, you don't and, love you ain't nobody else gonna love you yeah. flaws and all yeah but i just i just make sure that you I, and i feel like i try to tell you that well not necessarily that story but i remind remind you that especially when you retell this story about being mean or whatever, you know, we was all just trying to figure it out. I'm just like, yeah, but you were doing a damn good job of trying to figure out who you were despite and because of those circumstances. So I just, I was like, oh, she has to know. I have to make sure Porsche knows that I have been a Porsche fan since we were 11. Listen, you so, always come through in the clutch. You always, I'm like, I don't know, her little, her little spidey senses be going off like she needs some words of encouragement right now. Oh, yeah shine down <laughs> shine so down on her you always come through I'm like look she always comes through <laughs> that means so much so I just so I so I'm telling I'm telling you that that like when it's like who taught you to feel good I like oh okay I got an easy answer Portia Gilbert so that's the first one but I want to ask you that who in your because you talked about how it was so difficult right you know, for you like, oh, that feeling of love, you were chasing that feeling your whole life, right? After having that feeling at like five and then it hitting a, hitting a wall in middle school. But there had to be somebody you saw, whether before that moment, after that moment, once you were grown on TV, who taught you like, yep, that's it. That's the way I'm going to be. Like, I'm going to feel good like that. Oh, I don't even know. I have to think so hard. I don't think any person ever made me feel that way. You know what? Okay, I'm going to get really, really, really deep on you right quick. Okay, go ahead. Have at it. I have been wise for a very, very long time. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about when I was four and I was in this foster home, my mom came to visit me every Saturday. Mm -hmm. and my foster brother he raped me oh my god and I went and at four I knew it was wrong mm. at four years old I knew it was wrong so I go and tell my foster mother who was evil by the way mm. um and she told me not to tell anybody but for some reason, I still knew, like, no, mm. this ain't it, you know? So on Saturday, I was at the door. Do you hear me? At the door, <laughs> waiting for my mother to come. And I saw her walk up on that porch, and I was sassy, okay, sassy, ready. Uh, Bridget, I got to tell you something. Mm. Um. JJ hurt me down there. Mm, you told me. And I told right then and there. And I remember after that, you know, my mom had to go to court a whole lot or whatnot to get me back. She had, you know, basically signed over her rights to this random lady. 
yeah. didn't want to be a mom. Yeah. Um, I, I say that part to honestly say, and it's going to sound crazy because I don't know a person that ever, ever made me feel like I'm going to just, just love me. Mm-hmm. I just feel like I don't know what I was born with. What it, I don't know if it clicked in me at a very young age, but I knew that if nobody else loved me, Mm-hmm. I love me. Ooh. I've always, I've really, no, no lie. I have always been like, I don't care if nobody else thinks that this outfit is cool. This is the baddest outfit you're ever going to see. Like, even still to this day, I have a hard time convincing people that I don't wear certain things for attention. In yeah. my head, it's for me, and I don't care if y'all never like it. Like I actually hate compliments. I would, if we could just do away with the whole comment boxes and stuff on social media, I would love it because I hate it. Like I don't care if you never ever ever liked liked the outfit, commented said for me, I look like a million damn bucks. You do, and I've I've always been just that way about myself but if I if I had to place it on one person mm-hmm. I really would go back to my aunt I know if my mom heard this she'd probably die but um, <laughs> it's okay <laughs> my aunt like like I truly feel like something in that lady mm. she just got it you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. like she gets it. She knew what to do. She wasn't, she isn't even as aggressive as I am. She very rarely raised her voice. She mm-hmm. would, she would tell us things. Me, she had two daughters um, and she would tell us things and it, it was never aggressive. It was, and you know, I need to take a couple of pages out of her book, on this <laughs> but she, it was always, this is what it is mm-hmm. and I'm going to let it marinate and let you do that because even though my cousins didn't go through the things that I did I mm-hmm. tell people all the time like on social media a lot of people think that I'm like wild and crazy and they're like you say the craziest things where I come from like my aunt my grandma my cousins we all think just alike mm. we we all have this exact same way of carrying ourselves and I don't in it I'm telling you it had to come from my aunt it's her daughters it's her it you know I feel like I'm a product the good parts of me I'm a product of her you know what I'm saying like she instilled in us like this is the way you behave this is the way you talk this is how you carry yourself this is the right and this is wrong and this is who you are and that's just what it is. There is no ifs, ands, and buts about it. Mm. And you trust her because she she saw you. She trusted saw you her. at five. Yeah, I, yeah. And I trusted. I promise you that I am a wild girl. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I am with some wild mess. And I'm really with some, okay, I'm, I'm doing this thing. But... <laughs> 
she cannot tell me anything that I'm going to question. Mm, that's beautiful. Even at even at this big even at this big age. Yeah. At yeah. this big age. Yeah. If I call her and I say, Annie, this is the situation. Whatever she says, going with it. Hmm. Hmm. Mm-mm-mm. Period. That's so yeah. Nah. That's beautiful. That's real. That's real. Stop you dead in your tracks, won't it? Yeah. Like, point, stop calling. <laughs> I'm calling Annie. Any, this is the situation. She's gonna, she's gonna give it to me. Right, wrong, rough. Mm-hmm. Stop me if, if I'm making a mess. She's gonna stop me in the middle. Stop it right there. And she'll say those words. Stop it right there. I'm gonna stop you right there. And she's gonna let me have it. She's gonna run it down, and we're gonna be done. Mm. Mm. That's wonderful, girl. Nah, that's 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 real. Um, then. That just makes me think about the importance of of having those people, like those interpersonal relationships like that, right? Whether it's your auntie or your friends or mm-hmm. your or whoever it is, because how yeah. else are you able to pursue the things that you love and want to love, whatever the case may be? You're listening to Sprinkle Sparkle Podcast. And I'm Nubia Bennett, and we're going to take a really quick break and be right back. Support comes from Vision Zero. On foot or behind the wheel, safety is a shared responsibility. And Vision Zero Louisville believes zero roadway fatalities is the only acceptable amount. Their mission is to create safe roads by design, engineering solutions, and education. More information at visionzerolouisville.org. Welcome back. You're listening to Sprinkle Sparkle Podcast. I'm Nubia Bennett, and we're talking to Portia Gilbert. Without those people. Talk to me more about that. Like, because I know, I know you say you have your aunt, but who else? Is there anyone else like in your circles that you like, okay, this is why I'm able to be who I am? And why I'm able to pursue the pleasures that I need to survive. I mean, it's not even, you know, what's crazy, the craziest thing to me is just not people that are in my everyday life. Right. It's the people that don't even know me that want me to win. Mm. Mm-hmm. That I have nothing to give to them that want me to win. Those mm-hmm. are the people that I want to make proud and like I have people that DM me that trust me with the most vulnerable parts of their life. Yeah. That trust me with their traumas, like dead ass pick up their phone out of all the people in their life, never seen me in person that will tell me their entire life story or something that they're going through that clearly is near and dear to them and they trust what I have to say. Mm. That's why Mm -hmm. I try to be as transparent as I possibly can because Mm -hmm. I feel like so many people are misguided. Yeah. Misguided with fluff, misguided with social, you know, standards, just Mm -hmm. misguided. Like, I'm going to tell you what's real. Yeah. 
reality and what's real and and the truth and you can take it and do what you please Mm -hmm. but I'm never going to tell you anything to make myself look a certain type of way Mm -hmm. or to make you feel a certain type of way and I find that the only people that allow me to be that are people that don't know me personally Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because people that I feel like people when they know you personally Mm-hmm. they can sometimes be, I don't feel like I'm allowed to feel certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one example, I woke up a couple months ago, maybe like a month ago, I don't know if you saw, I posted it and I said, I have a story to tell mm-hmm. that I want to tell uninterrupted. Because I feel like I was never allowed to feel in this situation. And I have suppressed how I truly feel on a particular topic for so long, 12 years to be exact. Mm -hmm. 12 years I have had to mask what this situation has done to me, how it made me feel and how it has shaped me over the past 12 years because society doesn't allow me to feel anything. Society didn't even allow me to stand up for myself. I know Mm -hmm. that's crazy to even hear that I had given up the fight. Yeah. And now that I have gotten my, you know, it's kind of like in boxing, you know, you're out there getting your ass kicked. And, and they break you apart and they put you in your corner and your coach is like running it down to you and then you come back and you win the fight. Yeah, yeah. That's how I feel. Like, you know what? I'm ready to fight. Mm. I'm ready to fight for real this time. Yes. And I am sure that I'm going to win. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you had the space on social media to say that. Yes. Well, to a certain extent. Right. It's it's a lot I refrain from saying Mm -hmm. on social media because everybody can't handle it, you know. Yeah. Everybody can't handle it. And, you know, some people will read the first two sentences and make make up their mind. And, you know, perception is everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Perception is, is so big that I don't, with something so dear to me and so vulnerable and oh, it's so, it's, it's a hard, it's complicated situation. Mm-hmm. I don't trust just any old body to be able to click on my name and read it because it's yeah. so fragile to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that was gonna that was what I was gonna ask because I know, especially for you, um, because I mean the nature of the work that you do, you know, thinking about like with your photography and your styling and all of I mean, you're creative. You are a creative, not just you are creative, you are a creative, right? And so of course, so much of it is like image, right? And for you to mm-hmm. it's it's such a it's such a paradox though because it is image and you're aware that it's your image but at the same time you're like I I didn't do none of this for y'all right 
but I'm aware yeah. that it's my image at the same time. And then, so that's exactly. one paradox. Huh? I said but, exactly. Right. But then also the other paradox is like, you're, you're being very, very like transparent on social media um, because you're unable to be as transparent in your day-to-day life. So you say, and it's like, but I'm still aware that that is a part of my image. So it's almost like that all of that is a paradox right there. Um, but I'm how then, especially as you're navigating what you share and the way you engage in pleasure, right? Because like the fact that people are looking at you may or may not feel good. Um, the fact that they can comment on what they see may or may not feel good. I guess it depends on the day. So how do you navigate that so that you still come out of it feeling good? Oh, uh, I take it a day at a time. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've also accepted being oftentimes misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I have accepted is some are going to get it and some ain't. Mm-hmm. And it's just that it's just that simple. Some are gonna like it and some ain't. And it's just that simple. Mm-hmm. And the things and the people that are for me is just that simple. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense that everything would be for everybody and everybody be for everybody and everybody for be for everything. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. So if I find myself getting too wrapped up in one perception that they have of me, I let, I have to, I literally tell myself, let it go. Like they have the right to perceive you how they want to, because their perception is their reality. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's reality. It's their reality. Yeah. That was a big, 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 big struggle that I've gone through in my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Perception is everything, but your perception is your reality. So even if I feel like you have the wrong idea, I'm going to let you have that. And who am I to change your mind about how you feel about me? That's real. One thing that my friends think is so weird is that I don't watch people's story on social media. I don't because I don't want to build a false perception of anybody. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because what I've learned about social media is that most people are showing you not what they want you to see, but what they want you to believe. Ooh. Yeah. So I don't want to watch so-and-so story and see them living X, Y, and Z type of lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And then I have to find the facts on the back end that they don't live that lifestyle at all. You can assume that. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I just would rather not know. Yeah. I would rather not know at all. Mm-hmm. I don't, like, for, for me, like, watching somebody's story, why do I care what you're doing in your everyday life? That's mm-hmm. great. Awesome. Beautiful. Good, kudos to you. And then if you are in my everyday life, I'm going to talk to you enough that I don't have to watch your story. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I don't want to keep up with you through social media. I want to do these things the organic way. Pick up the phone and tell me that you did this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Invite me to your grand opening. Invite me to your baby shower. Tell mm-hmm. you know, tell me that you got engaged. I don't want to go on social media and find it out. I don't want to do that. I like mm-hmm. to do things the organic way. <laughs> Sound like an old lady. <laughs> I no, am I mean, though. And even though I am heavy into social media, you would yeah. think that people are like, I can't believe it. A lot of people are like, you post everything. I'm like, if I post everything, tell me what you know about me. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't know anything. You know, I got two kids. You know, I take pictures and I be dressing and, but you don't know, I don't be, you don't know nothing else besides that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, that is, because that, I, I, go ahead. Go ahead. I do just give like anybody else. I give what I want you to believe. And I've played into a certain narrative. Mm-hmm. Oh, you think I'm ratchet and wild and out of control. Then that's what I'm going to give you because that's the only thing that you can handle. Because I judge people off of what they choose to see in me. So if mm-hmm. I meet you and you choose to see, oh, she was mean. Oh, she's snappy or she's ratchet. I'm going to give you just that every time because clearly that's what you can handle. Yeah. That's on you. I can't, I ain't going to be able to make everybody happy now. No, that's, that's good. Because I mean, because you rec- you just reclaiming your time and your energy. That's it. Like, that's mine. Thanks. Yes. That's mine. I'm reclaiming yeah. it. It belongs to me. I don't have time. So how are you taking care of yourself? And what does that look like for you? You know, like you said, it's, most people are like, oh, taking a bubble bath. No, it doesn't mean that for me. Taking care of myself, to be honest with you, Nubia, is forgiving myself mm. for making mistakes. Taking actually before I forgive myself, I take the accountability on every role that I've played in any circumstance. That's my self care because I don't ever want to be the person out here thinking that my sh- don't stink. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think this generation lacks accountability. Mm-hmm. Nobody thinks they do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. And for me, I keep myself sane by saying, okay, well, you shouldn't have done that. And you was in a bad mood. And every time you get in a bad mood, you get to doing this. Every time somebody makes you mad, you shut down. Let's start not shutting down when we get mad and see what we get with that. Let's start let's actually stop letting somebody know when they have you messed up because what does that really change you know how many people i've cussed out and read their rights because honey i will read okay with the best of them i've saved it but i have but i have definitely tried with everything I have in me at this point in my life, at this big 37-year-old age, to watch my tongue Mm -hmm. because I know what I'm capable of doing. Now, of course, you know, all's fair in war. 
but everything ain't a war. Everything is not a battlefield. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So a lot of times I bow out from situations because you know what? I'm going to let you have that. Mm-hmm. Or what is it going to change? Or what would that make me look like if I really lashed out and did X, Y, and Z? I can't tell you how many times I've been betrayed in the last two years. Blows mm. my mind. Blows my mind. But self-care for me, like I said, is taking accountability for the responsibility that I played in the situation. And then after I do that, I have to forgive myself. Ooh. That's so beautiful. Like I ain't gonna, okay, girl, you, you messed up, but you, but you all right, you know. Mm. You're you going to be all right, you know. I forgive you. We're going to do better the next time. And, and after that, I start fresh. I swear to you, uh, everything I love, not to even try to sound cliche. When I find myself mad about something for too long, I literally will have a conversation with myself like, death is so real. And you can go right now today. Do you want your last day to be spent like this? Mm. No, we're not going to do that. And I never deal with yesterday's problem today. Mm. Once I go to sleep, it's over. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's a new day. It's a new day that happened yesterday. Whatever it is, it is what it is. And we we can't do nothing now. We got to go forward. Mm -hmm. The sun done went down and came back up. Mm. That's my self-care. Is just de- always hitting the reset button. That was the short version. Just hit the reset button. Nah, That's that is, hit the reset button. Taking me through the long process, taking me through that process, though, is, 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 um, I mean, this idea of, of forgiving yourself, right? Because there are a lot, so many people, you know, they take their entire lives and they may, like, they might accomplish great feats that we don't even know, right? Like make a million dollars, be famous be doing, you know, all the things that they say is self-care and makes you better, whatever, whatever, but they don't go through the process you just described. And I mean, and I think about the way you talk about the way you love your children and the way you were loved in that moment when you, with your aunt, that was like forgiving and holding space. And it's like, you all right? Like, not you're all right, like, ooh, dismissively, you're going to be all right. But like, no, you as your whole self are all right. You don't have to be perfect. Like, it sounds like the way you have committed to loving your children is the way you just look like, yo, I'm just going to love myself the same way. And bubble baths be damned. You know what I'm saying? Committing to loving yourself that same way. I don't Mm -hmm. know how you could take care of yourself any better. For real. I mean, even, I mean, most days I'm ugly and I don't mean physically most days I'm ugly. Do you understand that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Most days I am ugly. I have mean thoughts. I'm sad. I'm, I'm second guessing myself. Most days I'm ugly, Mm -hmm. you know, and and that's just the honest truth. I'm telling you that parent parenting thing it's so hard, child. Allah. And I mess up. I mess up every day. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, damn it. All right, we're going to try again in an hour. I'm going to try to fix it in an hour. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, that's just the, the honest truth is that 
just loving yourself even when you're ugly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can take care of yourself any better than that because, like, there's this quote, you know me, I'm the quote queen. I always got dang on quote, but and that's why I write them down because I don't have it off the top of my head, but it's something like, you yourself more than anybody else deserve your love, your own love or something like that. It's like a Buddhist quote. I'll figure it out what it is, but it's, yeah. it's like, basically you, you know, like we give kindness to people and we're taught to give kindness and care and compassion and, you know, all of those things to other people. Yeah. All the second deserve... chances and third chances that we mm-hmm. give everybody else, give it to yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of, instead of looking for other people to forgive us, mm-hmm. you got to forgive yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, and one example, I feel like my mom, mm-hmm. I think one of her struggles is she just hasn't forgiven herself. And you, you're not forgiving yourself, so you're beating yourself up. And then sometimes you talk yourself out of, believing that you did it you know that's why i said the accountability comes before forgiving yourself yeah because if you never admit to yourself that you did this that you made a mistake if you make excuses for your behavior how are you ever going to forgive yourself that's because true. it's going to be somebody else's fault everything's not everybody else's fault most things i tell my daughter this all the time life is not ever about what happens to you it's about how you react to it or what you did to get yourself in a situation Mhm. Mhm. Own it, accept it. We stand on integrity around here. I don't care what it is. If you broke the window, we're not gonna lie about it. You're gonna look me in the face and say, "You know, I was jumping and I broke the window." Mm-hmm. And then whatever comes after it, it's okay. But the first step is you got to take responsibility. Yeah. But I think, and then the, I think that the even more beautiful part, even after you take responsibility. For those of us who have just had to be extra responsible, right? And um, you know, and you know, I can atone, you know, I can identify with that, especially if you've had to raise children by yourself or in community, but you're the person that is solely responsible for your children, because you know, I can identify with that. So I've had to become ultra responsible. And I feel like I know that you can, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So the accountability yep. part doesn't seem like that's the hard part. It's the giving yourself grace around what you had to do when you had to be responsible. I think right. that's the part. Like that gives or yourself. Even giving yourself grace for not. Um, Let me see an example that I would like to give. Mm-hmm. how I said in the beginning that I'm not into crying right right I despise crying but you do it every day even in my household but I hate it so my daughter's 12 all these years I never let her cry wow well guess what that created a monster mm. because now I'm looking at her every day like, is she okay? Because <laughs> she's not going <laughs> to tell me, you know? Mm. So she got in the car today, as a matter of fact, just long face. And I'm like, what's wrong? Nothing. Yes, it is. What's wrong? Nothing. 
Who did it? Nothing. You had a bad day? No. What's wrong? We went through that whole thing. And I beat myself up about it. And I mean, all the way up until we got in this phone call, like, this is all your fault because you have never allowed her to feel. If If I didn't stop her from feeling it, I've always dived in and tried to feel it for her so she didn't. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going crazy, like, well, I wonder what's wrong with her and what, you know, what happened. And, mm-hmm. you know, I wonder if it's something that I said, and am I too hard on her? It's like, you know, I'm, 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 you know, hard to deal with when it comes to her for some reason, because I have such a high expectation yeah. of her mm-hmm. that the forgiveness I have to give myself or just not knowing what I was doing 12 years ago when I was stopping her from crying. I didn't know. I'm thinking I'm making her strong, but really I was teaching her to suppress her feelings. And I've apologized for it and I'm trying to work on it. But the cool thing about that is though, right? You're teaching, you're unteach, you're, she's unlearning that at 12. Whereas some of us don't unlearn this stuff until we're 35. You know what I'm saying? Like we're unlearning it at 35, but then we have 35 years of practicing something that's harmful to us. And it'll be a whole lot easier for her to learn to feel her feelings at 12, because not only has she learned that she can unlearn those things, those harmful behaviors, but she can also and, and take care of herself. You're teaching her to take care of herself the way you're learning to take care of yourself. But she also has an example. In terms of like, so we've kind of talked about pleasure and it's like the most philosophical ways, like the way we met, we see it, the way we see it in the past and stuff. I almost kind of want to jump to the future and think about what is something either real or imagined, like a pleasure that you're looking forward to, whether it's tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. What it, what is something that you're looking forward to that brings you pleasure when you think about it? I mean, it might be premature to say this, but this is the first thing that popped in my head. Mm-hmm. I will feel so happy and liberated when my daughter is grown mm. and all the facts, all the facts have been placed upon her and she sees everything and everybody for exactly who they are. Ooh, I, when I tell you I can identify with that moment on so many levels. And that goes back to me sitting down at the boxing ring and I'm ready to fight. Mm, I'm going to win the fight. Yeah. And I can't wait until I win the fight. So th- that is that is winning. That's my happiness, winning the fight of just being free not to place blame on anybody but yeah. I, I the, the 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 gold medal is my daughter looking at me and saying my mama she got me hmm. for for my happiness would be that if something were to ever come about in her life that she knows wholeheartedly that she can pick up the phone and call her mama because I'm coming and I'm coming with a solution. Mm, 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 mm. That just that was Or mm. even if I left today, 
even if I left today, the happiness in my spirit will be my daughter just knowing, 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 knowing that she was loved and my dedication was always to her. Mm. That's, that's, that's happiness for me. Mm. Just knowing when, when she goes to sleep at night and she gets it, you know, every day is a struggle when she just gets it. Like, you know what? It's going to get greater. It's going to get better. And she's, she, for her to know that I'm doing all of this with good intention. Mm. That's so special. So, and, and my final question, right, when I think about, like, just this whole journey that we've had in this hour, right, is how are you taking care of yourself and centering pleasure today, just today? This, just being able to have this dialogue <laughs> was, was good for my happiness today. Oh, because I told you right before we had this conversation, mm -hmm. you know, and I picked her up from school, it was a, she asked me a question. And my answer wasn't the answer she wanted to hear. Mm -hmm. So I beat myself up about what that, what thoughts she had after that mm -hmm. and so I've been contemplating just almost fell in a rut mm -hmm. but you know we got on the call just in time like, <laughs> I don't know even where I'm going with this situation kind of thing yeah so for me it was good my reset button got hit like yeah get your head back in the game yeah it's all good Push, I just want to, you. I mean, because, you know, I'm always team push, right? I'm just like, oh, they're like, you know, push. I'm like, I love her so much. Oh, my God. I just, and you know, I'm not enthusiastic about everybody, but the people that I am know it. Yeah, you know, you ain't, you know, you ain't never got a question how Nubia feels about you, ever, 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 sure. ever, ever. And it, it is reciprocated, baby doll. I know, love, I know. Love, 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 love to pieces. <laughs> And so I like, and it's so crazy because I feel like, I, I feel like I should just make this thing, what I'm saying, I feel like I should just say, I'm just going to say this after I interview everybody. This was just as lovely as I imagined it being. And then more, right? Like I could have sworn I was going to be talking to you today about the way you are a creative and the art and the, and, you know, cause I see you as a whole artist. It's like, yes, you know you know you've been dressing since we were little kids and all of that but it's like you are the art and I you know I love to give my flowers while people can smell them and when people are telling me like oh you look so nice you put this together I'm like Porsche probably gave you this outfit <laughs> listen, listen you know I, I love people that love me it, yes it's hard out here girl so I want to thank you for, for being vulnerable this I really really enjoyed this conversation with Portia and um it's wild because I thought I was going to have a conversation with this girl 
um, about pleasure. And, you know, she's a photographer. She indulges in all these very beautiful colors, textures. Um, And if you follow her on social media, then you know that, like, I mean, she could just have a whole social media just dedicated to styling because she's, you know, she's the most stylish person I know. Um, And that's what I thought this conversation, she's an artist. So I thought I was having a conversation with an artist. And I was, I was having a conversation with an artist um, who does lots of things. Like everything's about color. And that just is right on brand with this whole sprinkle sparkle. So you can imagine why we would have um, a conversation on this show. But like this, In the like, what I didn't know is that we were gonna go down this path talking about how pleasure, the pleasure in the hard parts of motherhood, right? Like, and being a parent to these children who she um, prayed for. Like, if you, if in listening to this episode, the way she talked about, like, I just really wanted these children. And I really wanted them to love me. And I love them every day, like with this fierceness. And, you know, if if you know me personally, you know that I have my own chat. Like I just we had children close to the same time. And I don't I just remember not being in a very similar place when I had I was like, oh, I'm about to have this whole baby, <laughs> you know. And um, I mean, of course, I love my child and he, he's loved all of those beautiful things. But I just the fierceness with which. She loves her children. And even when you think about pleasure and how she, she was very vulnerable uh, vulnerable about how hard life has been, you know, with and without children, right? Um, and how the pleasure isn't necessarily in that moment. Like, oh, I have this moment of pleasure. Like, you can find it in that and you, you can see that in the way she lives her life. But also in knowing that you're doing the right thing and loving something very deeply. I think that is an act of pleasure that's actually very different than saying, oh, my child caring for my children brings me pleasure, which is also valid, which is also real. Um, but what I took away from that conversation, just the fierceness of that love that doesn't feel um, not sacrificial in the sense that you're just like, oh, I'm doing this hard work in one day. It's like I'm investing physically, emotionally, and in a very visceral way. And that act is pleasure. And just that description of the frustration of being a parent um, and just being it described as pleasure, it feels different than the ways that we're prescribed the pleasure of parenting. That's it for me today. Now I want to hear from you. How did you center your own pleasure today? Hit me up at sprinklesparkle.org. Sprinkle Sparkle is created and hosted by Nubia Bennett and produced by me, Alex Biscardi. Our music is by Allison Cross and Mindy Fulner does our graphic design. Sprinkle Sparkle is part of the Louisville Public Media Podcast Incubator with support from the Community Foundation of Louisville and the Eye Care Institute's Butchertown Clinical Trials. Our executive producer is Laura Ellis. For more episodes and to keep in touch, visit sprinklesparkle.org. From LPM, Louisville Public Media. Support comes from Vision Zero. On foot or behind the wheel, safety is a shared responsibility. 
and Vision Zero Louisville believes zero roadway fatalities is the only acceptable amount. Their mission is to create safe roads by design, engineering solutions, and education. More information at visionzerolouisville.org. Thank you.